Let's take a moment and pray again. Oh Lord, we are hungry for only what you can give. Hungry for hope, for healing in our lives. Lord, we are hungry for a word from you because so easy we can just imagine you as we want you to be or it would fit our particular predisposition. But Lord, we want to know you for who you are. So reveal to us uh, yourself and your way in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In, uh, in March of 2010, I got a phone call from my district superintendent saying, the bishop would like to meet with you Thursday morning. And I thought, oh no. In March of 2010, I was in my 14th year uh, serving a church in Lincoln that Trish and I had started. Uh, I, showed, I remember I showed up at the coffee shop that morning uh, where we had scheduled to meet. And the bishop, after the little introductory chit-chat, said, I need you at Faith Westwood. And uh, I had three days to give my answer. I had a suspicion that no was not one of the options. <laughs> Trish and I, though, we talked about it, we prayed about it, and in my own mind, I kept going back and forth. Sunday afternoon, I called the district superintendent, and I said, tell the bishop we're going to Faith Westwood. The first Sunday of July 2010, I became your new pastor. And what I can tell you is that the very first Sunday I was here, giving the message here before you, I felt at home. I felt strangely that I belonged here, that God wanted me here. And now, nine and a half years later, I have come to learn so much about this, this congregation, this people, that you are one of the strongest and best congregations in the Great Place Conference. Today, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to be a team together, the Faith Westwood team. And here's a question I want you to uh, think about. Um, what have you found at Faith Westwood that's been important to you? And so I'm going to invite a couple of people here. Josh Reed and Marsha Gerard are going to come up here and uh, share a little bit about their responses to that question. Anyway, they're, they're both fairly new here. Uh, Josh, would you uh, tell us, you know, how long you've been here and kind of what brought you this way? Sure. Um, so about two and a half years ago, I graduated from college and in, in Missouri, and I moved up to Omaha for work, and fairly soon after, I started coming here, and I've gotten more involved since then. I joined a small group in that fall, I guess, okay. and that's really gotten me more engaged, and I've started serving in other ways here, and so, right. yeah. Very good, and you know, Marcia, tell us how you ended up here and all that story. Well, in, um, in March of 2016, uh, my mother Elizabeth, my brother David, and I were looking for a new home to worship, and we were encouraged to come visit Faith Westwood. And from the first Sunday that we were here until today and ongoing, it's been absolutely a wonderful fit for our family and for our journey with the Lord. We felt really welcomed here. Right away, we felt the love of this church. It, it's 
profound here. Um, it's something that not all churches have. This church definitely has that and really good opportunities. And we love the pulpit ministry and everything that goes on here, including all the music, the children's programs, and so many things here that yeah. we can get involved in. It's wonderful. Well, well tell, go ahead. Tell us a little more about what you have found that's in, here at Faith Westwood that's been important to you. I know you've kind I, of prepared. I, I'm, old, I'm old, so I wrote things down so I wouldn't forget them. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Um, <clears throat> what we were looking for in a church, uh, we were looking for a welcoming spirit that was accepting of all. We were looking for strong foundational pulpit ministry that really talked about discipleship and evangelism and outreach in the community. We were looking for a church that promotes prayer, salvation, hope, and healing, and a sweet spirit of love in the services through the music, the pulpit teachings, and the prayer time. We were looking for a church to, and that would give us ways to serve the community and the congregation um, and to be a part of a congregation that demonstrates Matthew 25, 35 through 40. Those values are really key to our walk with the Lord, and we found all of that and much more here at, the, at Faith Westwood. We like that it starts with the children and works its way all the way through to even at the end of life when all of you were so supportive of our family when mother was facing the end of her life. We were new to your church and you all acted like you'd known us forever. It was, a, it was an amazing thing. The prayer shawls that Vicki brought for mother, uh, Donna working with us at the service and getting all the music uh, set up. Pastor Steve would come and pray with mother. You don't find that everywhere. <laughs> It just doesn't happen everywhere. And so we, uh, we are like Steve. The, you feel at home here. You feel welcomed here. If you want to look for the Lord for the first time, you can find him here. If you're a seasoned believer and you want to grow in the word and in, the, in your faith, you can do that here. The teachings are really well done. We love it. Thank you. Josh, tell us about you. What have you found here at Faith West that have been important to you? Um, I think the thing that kind of um, jumped out to me about this church when I was visiting was that um, I've been very involved in church um, as a kid and then in college, and here was a place where I really felt like I could see myself getting involved. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of opportunities really early. People were very friendly, um, and I was able to really just kind of, like, like you said, make it at home. You know, I felt at home here um, with all these people around. Tell us about some of those opportunities. Um, well, I mentioned my small group. I got involved there. Um, I've been helping with the lights and camera upstairs mm -hmm. occasionally. Um, and I just recently started a new small group for young adults. The idea being people that are either out of college or just kind of there in that kind of phase of life where you're probably moving to a new location or just mm -hmm. kind of getting, getting started in a, in a new life sort of. Um, yeah. And that's been really cool to see that get started and to just be a part of that and have the church's support. Um, all the people here make it, make it really easy to do stuff like that. And it's really cool. Well, I, I just want to thank you both for sharing today, but also to let you know how important you've become to us here quickly. You, have, you are kind of the model kind of people for saying, okay, I'm in a new church. I'm going to jump right in with both feet. And both of you have done that. And we really appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you. All right, um, 
What I'd like for you to do now is to uh, huddle up into groups of three or four, kind of right where you are, and respond your answer to this question. What have you found at Faith Westwood that's been important to you? But you can't share several things like they did. We don't have time for that. Just, just share one thing. And especially if it's recent, in the last year or two. And if you've just started coming here, you may say, well, I don't know that I have anything. That's fine. Feel free just to listen. Or if you don't feel like sharing today, that's fine too. Just listen. Uh, or maybe you do have something, even if you're new. Uh, and anyway, after you create your huddle, kind of look around you. And if you see somebody who's alone, say, hey, come, come be with us. And I'm only going to give you a couple of minutes. So jump right in, starting now. You know, sometime I'm just going to have to make that the whole sermon. I think you could have gone on to do the whole thing right there. Uh, anyway, I remember my first fall here at Faith Westwood, 2010. I was so impressed as I watched you all bring over a hundred of these Thanksgiving bags um, in. And at that point, we distributed them, just Together Inc. distributed them for us, Remember? And, uh, but I remember sitting there watching all these and, I, and this thought popped into my head. I said, wow, I wonder if this church could do a pantry. And uh, the next year, the FaithWorks Pantry was born. And uh, this year, we are, we are expecting to give away 300 to 350 of these Thanksgiving bags. But we're gonna, we give them away now ourselves through our pantry We'll do it all on that Saturday morning in about a two-hour time slot. And, and the thing is, we don't want to just give out food. We want to give out blessing. And so we have people going, these cars that are all lined up around the, the perimeter of the, of the building and come with coffee and donuts. Hello, good to see you, glad you're here. Would you like something? And then we have other people come from our prayer team and say, is there something I could pray for, we could pray for you right now? And so there you see these prayer team members huddle around this old crank, these open window of somebody's car, and they're, they're praying for these people because we want the people to know they are more important than just whatever food that we happen to give them. I also remember another day, and this was back six or seven years ago, and I was up in the balcony, and I don't remember the exact occasion, but I was walking up there, and I looked down here at the worship center for a little bit. I was on my way to the office. And I heard this little inner voice. And you know, I don't, I don't get it that directly that often. But I did that day. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I've put a lot of love in this church. And I've seen that love. I've seen it in action. Uh, I've seen your love for God. I've seen your love for one another, your love for the gospel, your love for your neighbors, love for children, love for anybody in need. It's true. God has put a lot of love in this church. And I just want to say what an honor it is to be your pastor, to be a part of this church, this team. I love being a part of what God is doing here, and I love you. And since I've been here, I want you to know, I, I haven't shared this before, but I have received two calls from district superintendents from a neighboring conference uh, offering me appointments. 
And I said, I cannot leave. I believe God wants me here. I also received uh, uh, one of those phone calls for an appointment uh, with here within our own conference. And I said, I would like to decline. I felt like Nehemiah, who was working up on, with all of the people, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And I can just see Nehemiah up there high on the wall, laying these stones in place. And, and somebody says, hey, Nehemiah, so-and-so wants you to go and, and, and visit with them, have a conversation with them. And Nehemiah calls down. He says, I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. And that's how I feel. I'm working with a great team, and we're working on great stuff, and I cannot come down. Recently, our district office uh, requested every church in our district to uh, send back one or two celebrations, a short description and a few photos of, a, of a couple, one or two celebrations of what God is doing here in our church in the last year. I, they didn't really say, but I suspect that they're making a video to show at our church conference in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, actually, next week. And uh, anyway, well, I, I couldn't narrow it down to less than three, so we sent three. Uh, three celebrations of what God has been up to, what God's doing here with the, with the Faith Westwood team in the last year. Well, first uh, was, is our Vacation Bible School as you know, it's just sort of exploded in the last two years. We have gone from 110 to 236 in two years. And that's, of course, that's a lot of people working together and, and doing a lot of stuff, but God has been behind this. Because we've worked hard like that before, but somehow this has been a God thing. Second, uh, in August, we had our church and brunch. Remember that in Fellowship Hall? We had our service there with, with a meal. And uh, we had plans, but let me tell you, I had no idea what God was up to. More than, after that, more than 100 people were invited to get into a, one of our faith groups, and most of them did get into one, and we started seven new groups in addition to the 24 we had before, so we only have 31 faith groups for adults with about 300 people in them. And then the third one was that we created a partnership with Juan Carlos and his wife, Marite Veloso, and the new church that they are preparing to, to launch called Iglesia Communitaria, which means community church in Spanish. And so now we're doing these monthly work projects at the old Grace United Methodist building at 25th and E, uh, where, um, the, you know, that's going to be where the new Iglesia Communitaria is going to start meeting. And we've got another work day coming up, I think, this Saturday morning. And you can sign up for that. It's kind of like being on special teams, right? Yeah. Uh, a week ago Friday, Trish and I uh, went down to the Grace Building for the dedication of Iglesia Communitaria's clothing closet. And uh, we met with a lot of people there and uh, with, with these two families that are recently here from Brazil. And uh, they didn't know English, we didn't know Portuguese, but I, I pulled, you know, uh, something up on the website on my phone for, as a translator, and we were able to convert, have communication with each other. And uh, anyway, we went upstairs and we blessed this clothing closet, and most of the clothes, these kids' clothes, came from you. Came from people right here at Faith Westwood and those barrels that we fill outside the west, inside the west entrance. 
So those are the three things that we sent to the district office to celebrate the growth of our Vacation Bible School, the growth of our faith groups, and our new partnership with Juan Carlos and Iglesia Communitaria. I'd like to tell you, though, about another great team. And this one's in the Bible, the Sisters and Brothers in the City of Philippi. So let's open our Bibles to uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4. If you're using that pew Bible in front of you, you'll see it on page 1181. We're going to focus on verses 15 and 16 this morning. And as I always like to say, if you don't have a Bible of your own to read at home, let's remedy to that today, okay? Right after worship, you can head across the foyer to the... Uh, Sell it to the Connection Center next to the elevator. You'll see a little rack of uh, Bibles. Just grab one. You don't have to ask. You don't have to sign for it. Just take it home. It's yours. Now, the backstory on this scripture is that Paul has a policy that when he goes to a new community and, and shares the gospel with people that he meets, he doesn't ask them to give him money. He doesn't take an offering. He doesn't want it to appear that he's charging for the gospel. Instead, what he would often do is take some temp work in his trade as a tent maker to earn his keep. He'd rather work harder himself rather than sour them on life in Jesus. <coughs> Pardon me. And that's why during our offering time, we tell people, hey, if you're new here, don't worry about giving to us, you know, because you're just checking out our church, you're, you're kind of exploring faith in Jesus, don't worry about giving, we're just glad you came. And so when Paul and Silas first uh, came to Philippi, they met some women uh, who worshipped Israel's God, and when they heard the gospel, they came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. One of those women was a successful businesswoman named Lydia. And she, it appears, had extra rooms in her villa, and she persuaded Paul and Silas to accept her hospitality. Stay with them. Stay with her. Now, by the time Paul wrote this letter, he hadn't been in Philippi for a while. Uh, but, but they have heard what's happened to him, that he's been arrested, incarcerated, probably in Rome. So they take up an offering and send one of their, their young men, Epaphroditus, to deliver it. They want Paul so he's got money to buy food because they don't feed you in, in jail in, in Rome. And other necessities that he might have. Um, so, and, and, and Paul is so appreciative of, that they thought of him, that they're, that they're giving him some supply. He, he writes them in this letter back. And that's what this letter we have in the Bible is. He writes them this letter back. And... and uh, you know, I have to think that, that of all the letters that Paul, all the churches that, people write, that Paul writes letters to, the, this one in Philippi, these people must be his favorite because they are so full of love and they keep surprising him and all the things that they do. So let's look at verse 15. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, so they're pretty young in the faith, when I set out from Macedonia, which is the district where Philippi is, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. So he's remembering back to when the sisters and brothers were, were uh, 
you know, like I said, fairly new to the faith. And when it was time for him to leave, he's going to head south to Corinth. What did the Philippians do? They pulled out their money. They, they, they said, hey, we want to support you. We want to help you. We want to make, make it happen. And uh, even though they were poor themselves, they supported Paul's ministry financially. And then the phrase you see there, the giving and receiving. You know, that's sort of a, a financial phrase back in those times in the Greek. And it shows that they really considered themselves partners, part of the team. They, they are supporting Paul's ministry fund so that he has income to pay his expenses. And, of course, you know, this wasn't the first time they had done something like this either. Let's look at verse 16. For even when I was in Thessalonica, which is also in Macedonia, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. So Thessalonica, Thessalonica was the very next town Paul went to after he left Philippi. And there, so at least twice, uh, the Philippians continued. They would collect an offering and send it to Paul so he could share the good news full time. Well, now's my count. That's four times they've done this for Paul. Twice when he was at Thessalonica, once when he was in Corinth, and then this most recent time when he's incarcerated in Rome. And then you know, there was a fifth time when they collected money. Uh, in, in the second letter to Corinth, Paul praises the Macedonians, and I think he's primarily thinking of those in Philippi, for how generously they gave to support the sisters and brothers in Jerusalem going through hard times. Here's what they did. I'll put it up on the screen. It, he says, they gave so much. They, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege, privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. You know, in all of these times, Paul didn't lean on them, saying, you all need to give more. He didn't pressure them. He didn't guilt them or shame them. They gave because they wanted to. They gave because they were so grateful for the life that they had discovered in Jesus. They, they gave because they wanted to see more people find the Lord. And that's how I want all of us to feel when we give to the Faith Westwood team. I don't want anybody to feel pressured. I don't want anybody to feel guilted or shamed or anything like that. I hope that when we give, we all give because we want to. Because it's a joyful thing because we, we're so grateful for what God has done in our lives. I hope we give because we want more people to know the Lord. I know most of you received a letter from me in the last week asking you if you would sign up your giving for the Faith Westwood team and our ministry fund for 2020. And uh, I want you to know, we kind of have our strange way of, of doing our ministry planning here that we're not going to finish up our ministry plans until we hear from you. There are, there are things that, that will or won't happen depending on how all this comes out. In my recent letter, I said, I believe that the Faith Westwood team will stay strong when we stick together regardless of what happens in our denomination. And I hope that we can give our excellent staff the raises that the Staff Parish Relations Committee wants to give them based on their annual reviews that they've earned. 
And, you know, all of our local mission work, and, and one of that's one of the strong things about this church is our local mission work, but none of it would happen without our ministry fund. I know last month um, I talked about the basics of budgeting for a little bit. Remember that? And, and personally, I tweak our budget twice a month, right before I pay bills. And uh, in that budget... Trisha and I, we choose to put limits on our discretionary spending. We, we budget that and put limits on it. Now, I can tell you, we don't live a Spartan lifestyle. But we do aim to live below our means instead of beyond our means. Jesus said... We cannot love God and money at the same time. And I want my budget to say that I love God. And so I would just ask you, what does your budget say? You know, if a friend who doesn't know Jesus were to, you know, look at your budget, uh, <clears throat> would they be able to tell that you love God? Would they think you're a little bit crazy? I hope so. That's how the Philippian team was. They gave just because they wanted to. They gave because their hearts were full of gratitude. They gave because they wanted more people to know Jesus. So next Sunday, I'm asking you to bring that giving sign-up card. And there's an envelope. You can stick it in the envelope. Um, if you didn't get one of those cards, there's some back. There's a table set up in the foyer. Uh, and you can just pick up a card and an envelope there. I would also add this. You may have gotten an email about it, but please add your name to the card. Because what happened is that, that the line for the names accidentally got bumped off down the page before printing, and so it didn't show up. So I'm hoping that we don't get uh, 20 or 30 cards with no names on them. So if you would, just remember to do that. But, uh, of course, you can also do it online. Tomorrow, early morning, you'll get an email. There'll be a link to it. You can do it all online if that works better for you. But before you do any of that, take a look at your monthly budget and pray about it. If you don't have it written down, then that, now would be a great time to do that, wouldn't it? Write out your monthly budget on paper, on a spreadsheet, on your computer, however you do it. And pray over it. And ask God what your budget would look like so it says that you love God. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, you, can, uh, <clears throat> you have called us to live way different than the way the rest of the world lives. And uh, Lord, we're excited about that. We want to be a part of your kingdom and how you're teaching us all to live <clears throat> Uh, be, be your people in this world. And so we pray, Lord, that even with our, our, our money, that it would be our way of showing our love for you and that we are dedicated to your kingdom. And so, Lord, we pray that you will unite us together as the Faith Westwood team and, and uh, show us, Lord, everything that you want us to do as we serve you in this city and beyond. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.